0: On today's Focus on the Family with Jim Daly, Priscilla Shire has some encouragement for you, especially if life isn't going the way you'd planned.
1: But when you know who you are, when you understand that God's got something bigger in mind when it comes to me, (laughs) when you understand that, then you can keep your head held high in the midst of whatever goes on in your life.
0: Well, if that sounds
2: impossible, give Priscilla a chance to explain. John, that does sound pretty pie in the sky, but Priscilla Shire is an amazing Bible teacher with a great sense of humor, and I love that. Uh, I can promise she's going to keep you entertained. Mm-hmm. Uh, this message will be definitely worth uh, listening to. Priscilla is going to explain why the Lord allows trials in our lives, which is a question that we get here often, and she'll use the book of Ruth to highlight some principles that each of us can apply to our lives. Well, here now is Priscilla Shire speaking to a group of women at a South
0: Carolina Baptist convention several years ago on today's Focus on the Family.
1: Recently, my dad had what he says is the privilege of giving me away in marriage. Uh, Yeah, the privilege. And he did that, and six months ago, I had the great opportunity to get married, and I'm so excited. And the fairy tale that I had of what marriage is ended when we came back from the honeymoon. And um, some of what I'm about to say will probably sound kind of silly to you because it did to my mother. I called my mother about a month after I had been married. And I was just beside myself. Mom, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I waited this long and, you know. She calmed my nerves and then I told her what was going on. You see, ladies, I was under the impression that when I got married, I would meet this great guy and I would save him from the barbarianism of being a single man. (laughs) You know, I just knew I would come in and clean up his life. Now he'd live in a clean home. Now he would eat home-cooked meals. Now I would be the Martha Stewart of his existence. (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about my husband. He's been on his own for quite a while, and his mom, when she was out working, part of his job was to come home and clean up and fix the house and make sure the food was ready and all that stuff. I came home one Sunday from church. My husband was making a peach cobbler from scratch. I can't make a peach cobbler from scratch dad doesn't cook he doesn't clean all of a sudden I was with this guy who did it all now I'm bawling on the phone to my mother about the fact that I feel inadequate my mom was going girl she said you better sit down put your feet on the couch and let that man cook several of you right now going, that's right, honey. (laughs) I tell you all that to say that we go from different periods in our life, from feeling really great and grand about everything that's happening in our life, to feeling a little down and dejected about some of those same things. The very thing we were once happy about is now the thing we're looking at like, wait a minute. Whether it's your marriage, your children, your job, the career path you chose to take in the first place, your relationship with God, whatever it is, there are several times in our lives that we can get to the point where we just don't feel like this is the way it's supposed to be. And do you know that it's at those times in your life when you don't feel like you're where you're supposed to be that God can finally step in and say, now I've got your attention. Now I can take you to where I want you to be. And that's what God does with his women. God is interested in you and I getting to the point where we finally are willing and and able to trust in him. The book of James puts it this way, consider it all joy when you face various trials and tribulations knowing that they're producing in you character, endurance, those things necessary to do what it is he called you here to do. This life is about more than you. God's got a plan. He's working this thing out. And if you can just long enough take it out of your mind that this is about you, and put your focus on what God is doing in and through you for other people, then you will see him do miraculous things in your life. There was a gentleman one day that was going on a journey. As he went on this journey, he came to an enormous body of water This body of water was so intimidating, he didn't know how he was going to get around, it. he was on foot for this journey. He came to this body of water, and the water made so much noise as it rustled across the rocks. I mean, it was so big, so intimidating, he he couldn't imagine how he was going to continue. He couldn't go around it. It was too wide. He thought, the only way this is going to work is if I walk right through this sucker. So he took a step in, and he found out that right there on the edge, it was only two inches deep. He he took another step and, and another step and all the way across, it was only two inches deep. He got to the other side and continued on his journey. Some of our lives are just that way. People look at us and they see this intimidating, beautiful woman that looks like she has got it all together. We say all the right words. We carry the roughest looking Bible. I mean, it's tattered, it's torn. It looks like it's the most used thing. They don't know that our dog got to it. (laughs) But we look the part and then people take a step into our lives and they find out we're only two inches deep. (laughs) We're so wide and we look so good. But there's nothing to us on the inside. And what God is interested in is building you as a woman on the inside. He's interested in the living water that should be just spewing out of you, quenching other people's thirst. This isn't about you, ladies. And the trials and the tribulations that you're going through back at home, remember, they're not about you either. Except in this instance that God is trying to use them to build you to help somebody else. He's got a bigger plan. Ladies. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter who comes to take you captive. It doesn't matter what situations occur in your life that seem to have you bound and shackled. Because of the royal blood that is running through your veins, you've been birthed into a position of royalty. Remember who you are. about you guys, but my father's name is King Jesus. That makes me a princess. We're heir to the throne. We've got royal blood running through our veins. That is who we are. And Satan is going to do everything in his power to distract you from that. If he can get your mind off of who you really are and onto who you wish you could be, (laughs) then he knows he's got you in the palm of his hand. I want you to remember a few scriptures from the Bible because I believe in the Bible. I don't know about you guys, but I believe the whole thing. I believe it's all the true inherent inherent word of God. I believe it from Genesis all the way to maps. The whole thing. So let me tell you what the Bible says about you. Just write these scripture verses down, we're not going to turn to all of them. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says that God said, then let us make a man or a woman in our image. The holy God, the king of the universe, the almighty father looked down and said, I'm going to make Karen, I'm going to make Talisha, I'm going to make Marilyn just like me. (laughs) He decided that you were good enough, he loved you enough to create you just like him. I wonder how it makes him feel when we look in the mirror and say I don't like what I see. God I don't like what you did. I don't like that I don't have the gifts that they have. Why can one purpose sing like that and I cannot? Why is it that I'm not in the position that I always thought I would be in? Why didn't you give me what that girl over there has? And that is so much the problem with females today. Don't we look at those magazines and just want that body? God created you in his image. He didn't make a mistake. And God took the time to fashion you. I love being a woman. And I'm so tired of a society that's telling us to dress like a man, look like a man, work like a man, be a man. I don't want to be a man. (laughs) Not because there's anything wrong with them, but because God made me totally feminine. And I think that it's a beautiful thing when older, mature women in the faith come and teach the younger woman. I'm certainly not an older, mature woman. But I'm saying when those that are teach us younger women to be women, that it's okay to be what God created us to be. Psalms 139, 13 through 16, thou didst form my inward part. So not only did he know you on the outside, he knew you on the inside too. The personality you got, the strengths you got, the weaknesses you got, he knew all of that too. And your personality brought under subjection to the Holy Spirit is exactly what God needs. I remember one time reading in 1 in Peter where the Lord talks about women having a gentle, quiet spirit. And I remember thinking, what? Me? But that's not fair, God. You did not create me neither gentle nor quiet. What's the deal? And I can remember the Lord clear as a day saying to me, Priscilla, First of all, I would not create you in a way that is contrary to my word. Second of all, I've given you strengths, but I need you to get those strengths and bring them under the covering of the Holy Spirit. So some of you are doing your thing, do your thing under the control of the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, then he is able to use you accordingly. Jeremiah 1, 5 through 6 says this, and I love this. Before you were born, I knew you, I consecrated you, I appointed you for the very calling that you're in right now. There are some seasons in life that we don't like. Isn't that right, ladies? There are some times things happen, we don't like it, we don't want to be involved in it. But he's put us there for a reason. That was Jeremiah 1, 5 through 6. Jeremiah 1, 5 through 6. I can talk fast, just stop me. 90 miles an hour with gusts up to about 50. So just just stop me. He created us and equipped us with everything the Bible says in James pertaining to life and godliness. Everything you needed to be prepared for the season of life that you're in right now, the trial, the tragedy that you're in right now, he equipped you with before you were even born. Before he gave birth to you, he knew that you were going to be dealing with an aging mother. He knew that you were going to be dealing with the wayward child. He knew that this was going to happen. And he gave you all that you needed to handle the situation so that you could walk with your head held high and remember who you are in the midst of the situation. What he wants for you to do is show people that in the midst of triumph, because God is living so vivaciously inside of you, you can hold your head up high in the midst of. See, some of us are praying to be delivered from, and God's saying, I want to help you out in the midst of. I want you to learn how to keep your head high in the midst of the trial. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says Mm -hmm. the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You've been bought with a price. Galatians 4 and 7 says that you're God's daughter. You're an heir to the very throne of God. 1 Peter 2 and 9, you're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. Now ladies, that's the word of God nothing we say can compare with the word of God because when we go home the word of God will still be true and it'll still be with you this is the only thing that matters the word of God and what I've just given you are just a few scriptures that will help you to be a beacon of light in the midst of your trial knowing who you are regardless of the situation and the circumstances in your life you know Ruth don't you She's one of my favorite ladies of the Bible, and I want you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to Ruth real quickly. We're going to spend just a a few moments talking about Ruth, because I think she does a good job of of helping us to remember what our stature should be, what our position should be when we're in the midst of different trials and tribulations. Now, you all know the story of Ruth, but just in case, let me get, get you up to date here. Ruth was a woman who was diligent in serving God. Her interest was turning away from what once was and pressing forward to what is to be. Ruth married into a family that was from Bethlehem but had moved to Moab for a while. She was from Moab. That family came over to Moab, met her and another girl named Orpah, and they became a part of this family. Well, as soon as she thought everything was going fine, father-in-law dies her husband dies and her brother-in-law dies all in one big swoop so here she is in the midst of a major trial not just for her but for her whole new family in the midst of a major tribulation she lost her husband and ruth wasn't an old woman ruth was a young woman and here she was not expecting to be in this type of situation god i can imagine her saying god what's the deal well, why would you do this to me? I mean, I, I'm following you. I mean, I've been serving you. And Naomi, her mother-in-law, gave her a choice. Naomi was bitter about what had happened, and she said, look, girls, Orpah and Ruth, you know, I don't expect you to stay with me. Go back to Moab, because look, I'm going back to Bethlehem. I, I'm sick. I'm tired. God has dealt bitterly with me, and I, I just, just go back. Just go back. Now, Orpah, her name means stubborn. Anybody know any stubborn people? Yeah. I'm sure it's not you, but other people. Orpah, yes, she was a stubborn girl. And you know what she said when given the opportunity? (laughs) See ya. I'm going back home. I'm going to the gods I used to serve. I want to be with my family, doing what I used to do. I want to go back to the way it once was, because obviously this God thing isn't working too well. And aren't there times in your life when you feel like, wait a minute, God, I'm serving you, and you did this to me? I'm serving you diligently. I mean, I've been coming to different conferences. I've been going to church faithfully. I've been tithing faithfully, God. And you let this financial disaster happen to me? What's the deal? So Orpah goes back. Ruth says in chapter 1, verse 16. She says, don't urge me to leave you or turn back. Because where you go, I'm going. Your people will be my people. And listen to this. And your God will be my God. You see, that was the deal. It wasn't really an issue of her going back. It's that if she went back, what it would mean? It would mean that she was going back to the old way of doing things. She was going back to their gods and the way they served them and doing things that were totally contrary to the word of God. And she said, no, I will not do that. I will stand firm and keep my eyes focused on the will and on the way of God. I know it hurts, but I'm going. I'm pressing forward. I will never turn back. And I'm wondering, are there any women in the audience today that are saying, I will never turn back? Because let me tell you, when you are faithful to God, even when you are not, he is still faithful to you. And even when it seems like the trials and the tragedies are hitting you from every angle, he is faithful to you. So Ruth says... I'm not going back. I am pressing forward. In the midst of tragedy and trials, she determines she'll keep her eyes focused on God. In the midst of the trial, in the midst of the tribulation, she said, Lord, I'm going to let you use this to make me better. I know you've got something up your sleeve. I don't know exactly what it is, but God, I'm just going to let you use it to make me better. And that's what God does. You know what he says? He says, you know, I know this, you're scared of this cliff in front of you. I know you're scared of all this stuff that looks like it's not happening correctly, but I want you to just go to the edge of that cliff. Go on, go to the edge. And we say, but God, I, I, don't, I don't like the edge. You know, the edge is scary. It's the edge. I mean, I don't want to go to the edge. I might fall off. And he says, go, go to the edge. But God, that's the edge. I mean, do you see how, that's a cliff right there. And here was Ruth standing on the edge. And she said, Lord, I'm going out there. I'm going out there on a limb. I'm going to the edge. I don't feel like it. And in fact, Naomi isn't just, she's she's moving back to Bethlehem, which means I'm going to be a a pagan woman, what they consider to be a pagan woman in a Jewish society. Lord, this is going to be hard because people aren't going to like me there. They move to Bethlehem and she, while she's in Bethlehem, begins to work for the Lord. I want you to remember, ladies, that during the trial, during the tragedy, during whatever's going on in your life that you are going to face as soon as you leave here today, get busy for the Lord. Don't stand around hanging around waiting to see what God's going to do. You get busy. Sometimes when you're busy for the Lord, you forget how much time has passed. Have you ever noticed that when you're so busy sometimes? The time has flown because you were busy. Here's Ruth. She's busy. She's like, God, there's is, this is a lot of stuff going on, but I want to learn whatever lesson it is that you have me here to learn. So I'm going to get busy and see what you do in my life while I'm out here on the edge. So Ruth is working hard. She's doing her thing. And Boaz in chapter two, Verse five, he says to some folks around, he says, look, I've seen this new woman doing her work and he says in verse five, whose woman is this? In other words, where did she come from? The report he gets about Ruth is she is so diligent. I can't believe this woman. She showed up out of nowhere. Not only is she doing a job she's never done before, but she's doing it around a whole bunch of people who don't know her. She's totally different from anybody I've ever seen. She's not Jewish. She came from Moab, but she's diligent in serving her mother-in-law. I want people to say about me when I'm asked about. I want people to say about me. That girl, man, that girl there, (laughs) she's serious about Jesus. I met a young woman named one time, her name is Ann Graham Lotz. You probably have heard of her. She's Billy Graham's daughter. And she said, You know, the Lord just wants me to pray over you. She laid her hands on me and she prayed over me. Then she looked into my eyes and she said, Priscilla. The Lord wants you to know that it doesn't matter who your father is or who my father is. God has got a ministry for each of us that doesn't have anything to do with them. And whether it's to three or 3,000, God has a work for us to do for his name's sake. And she just started to spew out all this scripture. Just, have you ever met somebody and it just seems like any minute they're going to turn into Jesus? Any <laughs> Yeah. She just bowled me over with Jesus climbing out of her ears. She was oozing Jesus. And you know what I want? I want when people see you and when they see me and they take a step into our lives, I want them to to know that woman right there has been with Jesus. When you leave this place and you go back to your homes and you go back to the broken marriage and you go back to those kids are not listening to you and you go back to your career with a boss who's not making it easy for you to keep on working there day after day. And you go back to your home church where they don't seem to be doing things by the word of God. When you go back to the situation in your life, I want you to walk through the doors of whatever place that is and I want people to look at you and think, man, that lady's been with Jesus. Without saying a word, I want them to be able to look at us and know we've been with Jesus. You know the end of the story, don't you? Ruth gives birth to Obed, who gives birth to Jesse. David, You you know the story. You see, God wasn't interested in Ruth and in what she wanted necessarily, because I'm sure she was hurt when her husband died. You know, I'm sure she was thinking, man, I'm a young woman. My husband's dead. I should go back to Moab and do my Moab thing, you know. (laughs) But she knew God had a bigger plan, and that bigger plan was manifested. And as you and I go go through this life that sometimes brings many trials and many tribulations, we need to keep our head held high knowing that he's got a bigger plan. And when we leave this place, ladies, let's go forward knowing that he's got a bigger plan. Thank you, Lord, that you bless me to be a part of that. My little trial is nothing compared to the big deal you've got going on here. And as I remember who I am, I will keep my head up high as I walk through. My back is turned to Moab, and I am pressing forward to Bethlehem.
0: A good perspective there from today's Focus on the Family guest, Priscilla Shire, a reminder that God is always at work
2: behind the scenes. Uh, John, isn't it interesting that the huge tragedy of Ruth's life, having her husband die in addition to her brother-in-law and father-in-law, then immigrating to a strange country with her mother-in-law, Naomi, was a key event used by God to position her in the lineage of Christ. Um, You look at all that trauma, but it had a purpose. And uh, as Priscilla explained there, Ruth was King David's great-grandmother, and that makes her a relative of Jesus Christ. Uh, What an honor, what a blessing for her obedience to the Lord's leading. It really is, but it can be so hard for us to take
0: that long view when we're knee-deep in our circumstances. Uh, It's very difficult, and I know that from our own family's experiences. Our program today was provided by Focus on the Family. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for listening in. I'm John Fuller.
3: What a motivational word from Priscilla Shira today. I think it was a great reminder to us of who we are in Christ, our nobility as children of the King of Kings. As we celebrate Women's Month, I think it's apt that we speak truth and inspiration to our women listeners. The resource that we want to highlight today is called Kingdom Woman. In this book co-authored by Tony Evans and his daughter Crystal Evans Hurst, women are reminded of their calling from God to be free, delivered, healed and hopeful and are encouraged to correct distorted perceptions in order to understand who they really are in Christ. Find Kingdom Women online at safamily.co.za or give us a call on 031-716-3300. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Graham Schnell inviting you to join us for the next Focus on the Family where we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.